What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 43, our final episode of Preloaded. And as always, I am joined by Jackson Van Over, the other half of Preloaded. And Jackson, last week I kind of gave the spiel about this being our last episode, and I want to just reiterate uh, our uh, appreciation for, uh, to rather, everyone who has listened and watched the podcast. Uh, We are, are so grateful to everyone, but uh, I did want to kick it over to you uh, since I kind of did a lot of the talking along these lines last week and just uh, see if you had anything you wanted to say to our audience or just anything you wanted to get off your mind before we get into our last episode. Yeah, just like Josh said, guys, um, thank you so much for watching and listening. I'm sure that's something that's a phrase you guys hear a lot, but like uh, speaking for myself and hopefully for Josh too, you guys reacting every single week was a big reason that it stayed fun for me to keep making this show every single week. Um, seeing the reactions, at least in my YouTube comments and uh, seeing your reader mail, uh, y'all support really did sort of drive this long term. And I think that's how it works with a podcast. But um, just the logistical side of, you know, running a podcast, we ran into a wall there and, um, you know, this was just one of the best experiences uh, in I've been doing this for a really long time and I'll never forget uh, running preloaded. So, yeah, just heartfelt thank you to all of you. Yeah. And I echo everything you just said. Not much that I can add to that. Very well, well said. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to everyone. And hopefully uh, you all enjoy this last episode. We've got a special one for you because we have now gotten through all of E3 uh, last week, we had only really the Battlefield and uh, announcement and the uh, uh, Summer Game Fest reveal or uh, kickoff. We have, uh, yeah, everything that we've seen since last week to go through this week, which is all of the uh, uh, showcases. And we are going to do a special reader mail section where we dig into our mailbag uh, and go through almost all of, if not all of your questions that were sent in this week. So we really look forward to that. Uh, it should be a fun episode. But first, I, I totally accidentally skipped our what we've been playing section last week. So uh, I do want to get into that a little bit this week. Jackson, what the hell have you been playing? So for me, Josh, it's been Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I dove in on launch day. Um, I didn't get a review code, so I was just playing with everyone else. And I managed to finish it on Tuesday. And it really just kind of blew me away. Uh just reminded me how insanely talented Insomniac is. It met every single expectation I had visually, but also from a gameplay perspective. Um, it felt authentic to Ratchet and Clank. It reminded me of the games I grew up playing, uh, but also managed to push things forward in just the spectacle factor was just off the charts with this game. Uh, so I couldn't have enjoyed it more. It's one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah, me too. I really loved Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I completely agree on the spectacle the set pieces were unbelievable in this game and the uh just the the storytelling the performances and the animation uh the new characters uh you know everybody knows of ratchet but there's another new character i won't spoil who it is uh for those who haven't played uh just really great uh loved uh, the storytelling in this game took me by surprise actually yeah me too 
Yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, I've I've been playing that, and I do want to mention uh, I was provided a code, and I was supposed to talk about this last week, but I was provided a code for uh, a stealth game, Sniper Ghost Warrior Two, or Ghost Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts Two. I do feel like they could work on the name, but I actually <laughs> like this game uh, quite a bit. Uh, this is uh, a, a through-and-through sniper game, more so than Sniper Elite, which I mentioned a few weeks ago. Uh, it, it does have stealth segments in between where you're sniping, but the, the cool thing about it and what really draws me to it is the sniping sections are basically like Hitman, but for a sniping game. So you get to your sniping perch, and then you have all these different... Uh, targets and different challenges, different ways you can take them out. So you have like, uh, there's one section where there's like a mechanics shop and you have one of those car lifts and you have to figure out how to drop the car lift onto your target in order to kill him. So uh, right up my alley. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Um, It's not perfect. It's a double A rough around the edges experience. But um, if you like stealth and you're looking for something new to play, um, it is, I think, a budget price game. So one to check out. Awesome. Yeah, so that is what we've been playing. Uh, we are now going to, uh, this is kind of soon, but we're restructuring the show a little bit since it's our final show. We are going to do our first break. Uh, and when we get back, we're going to talk about everything that we saw at E3. So this should be a lot of fun. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into the final deep dive discussion for Preloaded. And this week it is all of the showcases for E3 outside of the Summer Game Fest kickoff live, which we talked about last week. So uh, Jackson and I haven't even talked to each other about our initial thoughts on these. So this is like you're really getting our fresh takes uh, that we have uh, uh, not yet really shared uh, with with anybody. Or at least I shouldn't speak for you. I haven't talked about this with anybody else, Jackson. So you're getting my first take. (laughs) Uh, So this should be fun. Um, It starts with Ubisoft Forward. Uh, which uh, I don't know what day of the week this this aired, but it was kind of the big kickoff event. At least this is the first one I was really looking forward to. And it started with Rainbow. Oh, I should also mention, we're not going to talk about every game mentioned at each of these conferences. That would literally be like a six-hour show at least. So we're going to kind of take the highlights and talk about those. Um, so Ubisoft Forward kicked things off with Rainbow Six Extraction, which I did, I thought visually was kind of underwhelming, but gameplay-wise, I thought it looked pretty solid. What do you think, Jackson? Yeah, I, I was with you there. Um, and I think maybe we can expect this with Ubisoft's games when they show them. I think they're probably gun-shy after Watch Dogs, the original game, in terms of over-promising uh, and under-delivering. So we saw the same thing with Valhalla um, before launch. So anyways, for, for Extraction, yeah, I thought it looked solid, but it did not grip me like I thought it would. Yeah. I just like that it's PvE, not all 100% PvP. And that if it's gonna if it's a multiplayer game outside of Battlefield 2042, which I think looks fantastic, uh, most games have to be. If it's multiplayer, it has to have some sort of like PvE element to to hook me. And that is seems to be what this is all about. So I'm interested in this. This is coming out September 16th. We may not have release dates for every game that was announced here, but when we do, we'll we'll try to include that. Um, so yeah, I thought that it was a pretty solid showing. Next was uh you know a bunch of stuff in between. Uh, they showed like Riders Republic, which I thought thing looks great. Uh, they showed some other things, but then they did mention Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So I'll let you take this one, Jackson. <laughs> yes. So they they kind of showed what I expected them to show. We saw a little bit of Siege of Paris. Um, they acknowledged the bugginess of their game, which I thought was a little refreshing, even though it doesn't excuse that the game still has technical issues that it, they really need to iron out. 
Um, but Discovery Tour is coming if you're into that. And then they confirmed all of the rumors. There's going to be more expansions for this game in 2022, okay. uh, which is wild. Yeah. So, so other than that, was was anything surprising here, or do you think things look good? Was it disappointing? What was your overall? Uh, meh. I would yeah. say it looked meh. Um, I think if you're an old school fan like me, you you're not really super interested in mythical expansions, and that's what we're getting. So, uh, but I'll still check them out. Yeah. Were you? Was there any shred of hope that you would see that you, they were going to tease at the next Assassin's Creed at this show? I don't think so. I, I just I listened to all of the rumors and internal rumblings, and which all said that they're investing heavily in Valhalla because of how how well it sold. So, yeah. cool. So that was that. They did do some Far Cry Six stuff, but nothing. They did show a new cinematic, but no new gameplay information, which I didn't expect since they did their main reveal a week or two ago. Uh, but they did show a heavily rumored game, Mario Plus Rabbids, uh, the sequel, which is called Sparks of Hope, which is coming in 2022. And, uh, you know, I played just a smidge of the original and it, I did have fun with it. I just think something else popped up and I didn't, I wasn't able to finish it. Uh, but I think this looks great. I think the big difference or the, maybe the big surprise here is that this is now a, like a free roaming real time, not real time. I don't, I think it's still turn based, but your movement is, is much more free. It's not a grid based game like the previous one. Yeah, I think it's a it's a thoughtful evolution. They could have easily just translated that. And and I had the same experience that you did, Josh, with the first game. I started it, really enjoyed it, just never finished it. So I might go back and uh, finish it before this one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, and then finally, they they they're they're one more thing, uh, which seems like all the shows, with the exception of maybe Nintendo, kind of get that this is something people really love. Uh, having one more thing <laughs> at the end, theirs was Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora which uh, looks gorgeous, uh, but it's, you know, these, even if they say in-engine, I'm still skeptical of trailers like this, but it does look beautiful. This is a, this is an Avatar game. It looks like it's first person, but it's hard to say. Um, I'm not a huge Avatar fan necessarily, but if this game is good, I'd be more than happy to dive in. It's going to be beautiful. Absolutely. It's, it's in Snowdrop, which is the Ubisoft massive engine that they use for the division. Um, which I think is personally a good thing. I, I just hope that this game doesn't fall down the open world formulaic rabbit hole that every single Ubi game <laughs> does. I, I want to play this game and not immediately be reminded that I'm playing a Ubi game. Yeah, that would be nice. And it'll also be interesting to see if it becomes a live service. I heard someone on another podcast make a really good point that a live service game makes perfect sense for a movie franchise that releases a new game, a new movie every five or, well, I guess it's every like 10 years at this point. But, <laughs> you know, if they release the next three or four or however many movies there are over the next 10 years, you know, it would make sense for them to have a live service game to go along with those instead of making a new one every single movie. But uh, we'll see. Please, no. That's my reaction to that. <laughs> yeah, we will see. Um, so that covers the Ubisoft forward. Overall, I would give this one like a, I don't know, a seven. I, I, I wasn't really necessarily disappointed with this, but I didn't, there wasn't anything here that blew me away. This is a C on my scale. Um, yeah. yeah, I thought it could have been better. All right. Yeah, let's go with the letter grades then. I'll I'll, I'll roll with you on that <laughs> one. I'll give it a C. Um, maybe uh, no, no C. I won't. I won't even go C plus. <laughs> so, uh, but next was the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, and this is the one that I certainly was looking forward to the most. I don't know about you, Jackson, but I had very high expectations for this show. This had the most E3 feeling show to it, leading into it, during and after to me. Yeah, yeah. And they, it, it was a banger, uh, and they just talked about a ton of games. Uh, some of the highlights uh, were, you know, they revealed Forza Horizon 5. 
Uh, they talked about Halo Infinite, uh, the single player a little bit, but they really dug into the multiplayer. Redfall got revealed, which is the new game from Arcane. Starfield got its uh, first kind of proper trailer, even though there was no gameplay there. And then Stalker 2 got a big kind of, I don't know if I'd call it a deep dive, but definitely an extended trailer. Uh, those are some of the highlights. Um, I, I don't know, Jackson, What were you, did you have a game of the show on this one? You know, um, it actually, it's a funny story, I, it, it's Starfield for me, um, even though that trailer they showed, it got leaked 15 minutes before the oh, show, so I had already bummer. watched it, Yeah, very much a bummer, um, I think I would have been more hyped watching Todd Howard get on stage and not have seen it, that's on me, mm -hmm. obviously, but um, they released a trailer afterwards that was very just sort of conceptual and Todd just waxing, you know, uh, I don't know what the term is, but he was just going off about how much he loves space. He's wanted to make this game for years and they showed a bunch of concept art and they had this beautiful score and it just tapped into something in me. It just like another Bethesda game, yeah. new IP. Like I, I just, I went for it. Yeah. I, I think that was, I actually haven't watched it, but I did see all of the concept art that was revealed and I don't know why I, maybe it was you that tweeted out. I saw someone tweet <laughs> out. Why didn't they show this during the proper showcase because it really gives you a feel for the game much more I, I think than that that trailer did exactly that's how I feel yeah and the other interesting thing I read this morning is there was an article that came out where Todd Howard said that indeed working for on creating a game for one platform uh even though it's technically two because PC but uh does allow them to focus their development much more so you know maybe this will be a a, a less rough around the edges and more polished uh, Bethesda experience than we're used to. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. So anyway, that was Starfield. Yeah, for me, the game of the show was Forza Horizon Five because um, I've actually never finished a Horizon game, but every time I play them, I just I get drawn in. I love these worlds. I love open world games. I'm not a big driving game fan, but the way these games are structured, they just they beg to be explored. They are super fun, and I think Mexico is a great setting. Uh, I I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, I, this is, you know, I, I think I'm in the min minority here because I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't blown away. I think visually it looked amazing, but I don't actually think I would have picked this up on, on, uh, outside of Game Pass. Yeah. Um, that That's just where I found myself. But um, I know Forts is huge for Xbox and I'm excited um, nonetheless. Yeah, that's the, and that's the great thing about Game Pass as we've, you know, talked about a gazillion times on this show. But yeah, if you are, if any of these games <clears throat> are kind of like maybes on your list, you can just download them and check them out. And I challenge, I mean, unless you just don't like racing games, which I, it's totally cool if that's the case, but if you have a, any desire to, to play an open world game, I challenge anyone to play the first 10 minutes of Forza Horizon 4 and leave that experience without a smile on your face. That game has one of the best openings I've ever experienced in a game. Super cool. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever... I feel like I have played it, but I don't remember. I need to go back. It's awesome. Anyway, yeah, so that's my game of the show, but there were a lot of other ones to talk about. Uh, I think, um, you know, Halo Infinite, it, not to be a, a bummer, but to get the kind of the what I thought was the low point of the show out of the way, I, I, I get that a lot of Halo fans thought the multiplayer looked great, and I, I think that's awesome because that's such a huge part of that experience. But I thought the single-player bit of Halo Infinite that they showed still looked pretty much the same. I People are saying, oh, it looks so much better. I didn't see it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I need to go back. I watched the 4K multiplayer trailer, and that really impressed me. I need to go back and watch the full quality 
single player trailer because as i was watching it i wasn't blown away i didn't get that wow factor either yeah especially when they showed forza horizon 5 like a little bit later you just look at those environments and it's like what a difference yeah the juxtaposition i felt that a lot in this show yeah anyways but halo infinite i I did see halo fans were really excited about this and that's really the i think the most important thing of if Halo fans are into this game, and it uh, it's also free to play for multiplayer. So, I mean, it's going to have a huge audience. That's huge. I'm very happy for them that they did that. Yeah, so just a few other highlights. Uh, I did think the Stalker 2 trailer showed extremely well. That game has some serious, I think, AAA production quality that I wasn't expecting. Um, I think Redfall from Arcane. I'm intrigued. People are saying it might be like a... They said it was open world. But people are saying it might be more like a Left 4 Dead-like, which I, I would prefer the former rather than the latter on that one. Um, any any big thoughts on those two? Yeah, so uh, Redfall, it just the nature of it being arcane, I am going to pay attention yep. to it. Um, I, I just wish we saw some real gameplay. That's okay, you know. Um, I'm not too worried about that. But Stalker, man, blew me away. That's going to be a big hit, if I had to guess. Yeah, it looks it looks great. I mean, the lighting in that game... It does kind of have that drab post-apocalyptic look that we've seen in a gazillion games. But other than that, I think the other game looks really, really good. So excited to play that. Um, Some other big announcements that came out of this. Back for Blood is coming to Game Pass, I believe, day one. I think that's a huge get for Game Pass. Um, I'll even check that game out on Game Pass. Um, Hades is coming to Game Pass, which uh, also... And I think physical. they, They had like a physical box there, which I know some people will go nuts for that um psychonauts 2 got a release date october or august excuse me 25th 2021 so that's right around the corner i'm actually looking forward to that as a fan of old school 3d platformers we don't get those very often so i'm really hoping that's a good game and then outer worlds 2 got an awesome hilarious reveal (laughs) trailer what a good trailer fantastic trailer trailer of the show and there was really no indication of when this game is coming out or anything else it was just amazingly self-aware it actually kind of reminded me of what devolver digital does every year which i think is great in and of itself but they did that same shtick in one trailer yeah it just blew me away yeah i got the feeling that xbox was go, went to uh, obsidian and was like okay we want a trailer for the outer worlds and they're like but the game we the, we haven't <laughs> even started the game yet and xbox is probably like it doesn't matter we need a trailer they're like all right we'll give you a trailer but it's not going to be what you think and that's just the kind of humor that was in the first game it was perfect yeah i mean honestly that makes me want to play the first game because i I thought that was hilarious and it's on game pass yeah yeah so um we got to see a reveal for a trailer a game uh, called contraband which i saw some people online saying that this is an xbox exclusive i don't believe it is but i could be wrong on that Uh, the reason i say that is it's developed by avalanche who made rage 2 they make the just cause games um, they made Mad Max, so they don't really have a history of exclusivity, but who knows? Maybe they do have a deal going. I, I think it, it must be because it's Bethesda, because Bethesda owns Avalanche, unless I'm That's wrong. That's a great point. I didn't even make the connection. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, um, Bethesda and Avalanche had the connection for Rage 2, so you might, yeah, uh, great point. I'll, I'll need to look into that. Um, we then got to see... Well, I actually don't know if I'm going out of order at this point, but and there was no release date, by the way, for Contraband. But we did get to see a Plague Tale Requiem, Requiem, which is a full-on sequel to a Plague Tale Innocence, which I loved. It's um, a stealth action game. It's not pure stealth, but it does have stealth in it. So me personally, I'm very excited about this. We don't get those games very often. Uh, did you play the original? 
Loved it, Josh. Yeah. Freaking loved it. It's it's just one of the tightest, most confident games I've ever played. It just knows what it's doing. It doesn't miss a beat. Great pacing. Um, I'm so happy that they're giving a bigger stage to a smaller franchise like this. Totally. And I, I don't know if you caught some of the kind of the beauty shots of the, the, the environments in this trailer, but it definitely looked like it's getting a step up visually, which is saying something because the first one looked great. But this one looks definitely like it's uh, going to look even better. Yeah, I'm I'm right with you there. Yeah, and we get a tsunami of plague rats, like a literal <laughs> tsunami of plague rats in this game. You have to just keep upping the scale, right? Like yeah. natural disasters made of plague rats. Yeah, yeah. When they they saw, when they showed that, I knew I was like, this is the next plague tale. So that was exciting for me to see. Um, Twelve minutes got a release date, uh, August nineteenth, which is super exciting. August is turning out to be the like the indie month. We got twelve minutes, Psychonauts two, and on the PlayStation side of things, we get a uh, Canna Bridge of Spirits. That's going to be a big month. Yeah. So, uh, and I think 12 minutes looks great. The cast in that game is amazing. It's got Daisy Ridley from Star Wars, Willem Dafoe, and uh, James McAvoy. So, cool stuff. Yeah, it looks awesome. And then Atomic Heart, which is a game. I know it's on your radar, Jackson. It's definitely on mine. This is like a Bioshock slash Fallout-ish first-person shooter that looks incredible. Uh, no release date timing, but they did say that this is coming to Game Pass if this game is half as good as it looks, I think it'll be a, a pretty interesting experience. Uh, yeah, Atomic Heart kind of reminds me of Biomutant. It has that quality of like, the game looks great, but when are we going to get to play it? So I hope it's great when it comes out. Yeah, and it's from a developer that I, I think is kind of unknown. So uh, similarities to Biomutant there as well. Um, but yeah, let's hope it's uh, it's good. So there was a bunch of other stuff in Xbox that we weren't able to cover, uh, just like there was a snowboarding game called Shredders that I thought looked pretty cool. The Ascent is getting a release date of July 29th. Uh, what else? Um, sea of Thieves got the Pirates Life uh, expansion, which is a tie-in with Pirates of the Caribbean, which actually kind of piques my interest on that game. Uh, Flight Simulator is coming out on console July 27th. So a lot of cool stuff. Was there anything I missed here that you thought was worth uh, mentioning, Jackson? Uh, just due to my nature and connection to, to Fallout in the past... Um they had like an update for Fallout 76, which uh, I'm not a big 76 guy, but they did tease some kind of expansion expedition mode where they bring you back to the pit, which was one yeah. of the fantastic DLCs in Fallout 3. So they're really going back to the well slash continue to invest in Fallout 76. They continue to say it's one of the most popular games on Game Pass. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah, Bethesda's kind of pulling a Ubisoft with this game where they're just continuing to support it uh, regardless of the initial reception, which I think is good. You know, uh, yeah. if they can turn it into a good game, uh, it's great. Yeah. And which, I mean, I should say that they've already turned it into a good game from everything I've heard, but I've never played it, so I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things, if you play it, you really like it, but it's hard to get into, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to just say they did show Battlefield 2042 here. I continue to think that that game had one of the best gameplay reveals of the entire show uh, as someone who's not typically in the multiplayer, I think that game looks fantastic, uh, despite the fact that it's going to be a full-priced multiplayer-only experience. Yeah, I'm ready for it, man. Um, Battlefield looks great. I'm ready for something to pull away my friends who are obsessed with Warzone. I'm just so tired yeah. of that game. I need something else <laughs> that's fun that's multiplayer. Yeah, this looks like it uh, could could be that, if you don't mind uh, forking over the cash. So uh, next we have... Well, actually, let's grade this. I mean, I would give this... if if. If we're grading on a curve, especially, I would give this an A, no doubt. Yeah, I, th I think this is definitely an A. Um, I, I think at the time I was like A plus. This is the best thing I've ever seen. But just kind of digesting it, it's definitely an A. 
Yeah, and I even want to mention there's some stuff they didn't show here that they could have like Scorn and Hellblade 2 are two games that just didn't even get a mention. And that's amazing that they could have a show this good and not bring up some of their biggest upcoming releases. Did you see that Scorn is supposed to still come out this year and we still didn't see it? Yeah, I mean, it's been, I think it's been announced as a 2021 game for quite a while. And, you know, that is a little bit of a concern. Um, but maybe there, I know actually as we're recording this, Xbox has another show going on, like literally right this, right now. <laughs> right. Uh, so unfortunately, we won't be able to talk about that. But maybe they'll show Scorn there. I hope it's on track. I hope the game is good. I'm actually particularly excited for that game. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, no, no mention here. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so so far, uh, Xbox Bethesda is uh, clear clearly the uh, the front runner in terms of quality. Uh, that may not change. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but next we have Square Enix, which you know a lot of people were really down on this show. I was not quite so down on it because I actually thought there was some. Um, at least we got some stuff that we hadn't seen before. Whether it was for me or not, that's another story. But we started the show off with Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, this is by Eidos Montreal, who. Uh, kind of made a name for itself making the Deus Ex games. It also made, I think they made the, the last Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, so they've made quality games. Me personally, I think the, the the tone, the writing of Guardians of the Galaxy, the game that is, looks like they hit that spot on. But to me, this looks kind of like a single player version of the Avengers, which I'm not really excited about. Yeah, it's tough for them because I think conceptually they're on the right target, except for that combat. I have, I have worries about the combat, but um, conceptually, like I think they're there. It's just that y- you can't look at that game and not think of Avengers, uh, yeah. which is a bummer. Yeah, and I just hope they, they manage to make the combat more interesting than the Avengers because, I mean, the Avengers was, uh, to me, it was repetitive. And that's with all these different characters that you can play. But with only one character, if if they can manage to make the combat interesting, then they've got a winner. But I think it all hinges on whether it becomes repetitive or not. And it, to me, I just didn't see enough, mechanically speaking, in this game to make me think, oh, yeah, that's going to be um, really interesting for a 10, 15-hour playthrough. Right, and that's really what I'm hoping we get from this. I, I don't want this to, to to be an experience that drags. Did you notice the the choice based stuff that they were showing as well? Yeah, like it, there was one really cool one where you can like give your team a pep talk, and I think that depending on your pep talk, I actually heard someone else describe this uh, where I think if I heard them correctly, you give your team a pep talk, and depending on what you choose to say, it either gives all your team your teammates a buff. Or if you give a bad pep talk, it only gives you a buff, which is kind of cool. And I, I know there were some other stuff, things in there as well. That's cool. Like, I, I hope that t- turns out well in practice because you don't see that kind of stuff in major, major, like, licensed games like this. Yeah. And, and I do want to reiterate, though, that the writing sounded... I actually was, like, laughing during this because <laughs> it was such good dialogue. So whoever they got to do the writing, I think... Uh, did a great job. And, and uh, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of hinges on that. It's the, the movies are hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but they're they're awesome, I think. Totally. I love them. And also the music. They nailed the yeah. music. Yeah. And you got to have licensed music on this. Like, yeah. you have to. So yep. uh, hopefully they have a, have a great soundtrack here. Um, so we got a bunch of other stuff in this show that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, meh. I think the Avengers uh, content roadmap, I guess if you're, if you're still into Avengers, the road or the war for Wakanda... Stuff kind of looks interesting. Um, 
We got some Life is Strange news, a, a remaster of all the old Final Fantasy games, which is strangely enough only coming to Steam and mobile. Um, Hitman Sniper for mobile, which I will play. But then the Babylon's Fall re-reveal, we'll call it, came, and a lot of people were really disappointed in this, myself included, because you know it's now like a live service game. Um, I, I'm hit and miss with Platinum's games, but if this was a good one, I would have definitely played it. But I, I don't know, it didn't look so great. I'm not a platinum guy. Um, I, I liked what I saw at first, but yeah, this just you know it's off my radar now that they've uh, shown it like this. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah, and then the final thing we saw was Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, and this was the rumored, uh, almost leaked uh, Final Fantasy game that is uh, basically it's a, it's a Dark Souls or a Souls like. Um, I I played the demo. They released a demo. It is 100. percent Final Fantasy meets Dark Souls. It actually feels more like, to me, Devil May Cry meets Dark Souls because of the aesthetic. But um, I played the demo. I actually thought it was great. Awesome. I've seen it's the subject of a lot of memeing. Yeah, well, I know it was like just not... I don't know if you're referring to how it launched. It was like a total technical mess. I don't think it was working initially, but then they got it working. But um, then there's this a lot of memeing about the, the character looking like Jake Paul or one of the Paul brothers or something like that. Yeah, and, and the enemy chaos. Like I've been seeing <laughs> yeah, a lot of chaos. Lot in of the trailer, they mentioned chaos like twenty five <laughs> times. That did, that was not the case in the actual demo. You do pl- fight chaos in the that's the boss, and he was tough. Like I think they somewhere along the way said that they're hoping to be more accessible than the Souls games. But dude, the boss in this demo is no joke. He's very difficult. It took me at least fifteen tries to beat, if not more. Wow, that's impressive yeah. for a demo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it was good. It's really bloated with a lot of mechanics, so get ready for that. They, they try to throw everything at you at once, but if you get past that, I actually think this game looks pretty pretty good. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so next we have, or ha, ha, let's grade this one. I keep wanting to jump ahead, but uh, what what do you think on 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 the, your A B C D E F? What do you give this one? Uh, just simply because Square Enix games typically are not on my radar, this has to be a D. I, I think Guardians is the thing I'm most interested in, and I'm that even that's kind of iffy. Yeah, and uh, and I will give this a C minus. I give it a passing grade. It doesn't look like my. It's not going to be a game I'm really looking forward to, but I did think I I appreciated the Guardians of the Galaxy deep dive they did. They really showed the gameplay, like we all complain about shows gameplay. Well, they did that with all. All three of the big re- reveals here, Guardians of the Galaxy, Babylon's Fall, Stranger of Paradise, it was there there were no cinematic only trailers here. So props to them, but yeah, the games other than Stranger of Paradise, I, I don't know if there's anything here I was excited. Plus we didn't get to see um uh Forspoken or Final Fantasy 16. Yeah, if we saw Forspoken, I think I would have been more interested. Yeah, I would expect that at Sony's next event whenever that is. Yeah, it's supposed to, it's rumored uh, not to derail it, but it's supposed to be in the next few weeks. I hope so. I, I'm I'd be excited for that. Yeah. Okay. So next is Nintendo, the Nintendo Direct. This was the final show of the uh, of of E3, and uh, everybody was looking forward to Breath of the Wild. I feel like that was what pe- people were really uh, kind of hinging on whether this was going to be a good show or a bad show. They did show it, but it was at the very end and. It was much shorter than I thought, and I think what a lot of people expected, and it's aiming to launch in 2022, and specifically that they said aiming to launch in 2022 when it comes to Nintendo and mainline Zelda games, they almost always get delayed. So take that with an entire salt shaker. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw 2022 and I was like, yes. But then I looked online. And I was like, oh, um, I don't have that context. Um, so coming into this, I wasn't like expecting really anything. I was just like hoping that Breath of the Wild would be there. So I actually liked what they showed. Yeah, I mean, it, it is cool. Like, the game, I think, looks uh, it looks beautiful. Hopefully, it looks even better than the original Breath of the Wild, but uh, very cool there. That was, uh, again, definitely the one everybody was looking forward to. I think the one that, uh, even though it was rumored, uh, took a lot of people by surprise was uh, Metroid Dread, which is coming out on October 8th. Uh, so, like I said, we kind of knew there was a 2D Metroid in the works, or if you kept your ear to the ground, that that's not news. But uh, Metroid Dread, what I didn't know is this game was initially announced back in 2005, I think, in a Game Informer article. <laughs> so this game has been baking forever. Yeah, that's that. I, I read all of that too, and that blew me away. Yeah, so I think that was a surprise. But I, I'm, I'm very excited for this. Metroid, uh, Super Metroid is my third favorite game of all time. So going back to 2D Metroid, I did not, I was not a huge fan of uh, Samus Returns because they, they, they did kind of this different thing where you're hunting for all these Metroids throughout the game. It was just structurally not, not what I was hoping for from Metroid, but I'm hoping that this uh, is, and uh, that was my game of this particular show. Some other highlights, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Mania, which is a remaster of the first two games. Uh, I never played them, but they look like games I would enjoy. Super, uh, Mario Party Superstars is a new Mario Party game. This is not an expansion uh, if I have my... Uh, if I am correct, that comes out October 29th. By the way, Super Monkey Ball comes out October 5th. Metroid Dread again, October 8th. Um, we got another look at uh, Super Mario or uh, Mario Golf, which comes out June 25th. I mean, Nintendo has a busy summer here. Um, WarioWare, September 10th. None of these games really speak to me. Uh, you know, Nintendo. I've I've kind of Nintendo has lost me over the years, but I do want to just mention these for everyone else. Um, anything so far that strikes your interest? Jackson uh so I grew up playing um Mario Golf so that is a game that I'm going to check out reviews for because I was disappointed I've generally been disappointed with uh the Switch's version of many of the the Mario franchise games save for like Odyssey like that was an awesome game but um like Super Monkey Ball grew up playing that loved it um Mario Party hopefully if that is a new game I actually don't know the details on that either but um, hopefully they iron out the issues with Mario Party. Like the, the recent ones have just been disappointing to me. Um, but I just wanted to say like from the top, Nintendo's strategy of focusing mostly on games coming out in the next six months was what we need. Um, that yeah. was awesome. And I think they nailed it. If you're a Switch owner, you've got to be really happy right now. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot yeah, on the horizon, the, the very near horizon. Uh, one game they did show, not surprisingly, which we already mentioned, that comes out next year is Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Um, but then they also had a, like an Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot. This is not like a re-release or a remaster. They're, like I think, completely rebuilding it, at least graphically. Uh, and I know a lot of people have been just clamoring for that. Uh, so it's good to see like you know Metroid getting some attention. Super Monkey Ball, which is a, a series I think a lot of people have been wanting to play the originals on new hardware. So it seems like Nintendo is listening to people, which can't always be said for Nintendo. They tend to do their own thing, um, but that that some fans are getting some uh, some fan favorites is really nice to see. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was a, um, a solid show. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I would give it a. Uh, I'd give this one a B. I'm right there with you. 
I'd give it a B, yeah. even though I'm not a Nintendo guy. I recognize that, yeah, this is pretty solid. Yeah, and I will also give props. I, I tuned into the Treehouse Live for about half an hour afterwards, and they did such a massive deep dive into Metroid Dread, and we just don't see that, like a live gameplay deep dive. We don't see that from anyone but Nintendo, and I really appreciate that, that they, you know, they've, they have a game, they reveal it, it's coming out in like three months, and they have... I think there was at least 20 minutes of gameplay and just commentary over the gameplay. So if you are curious about that game, and I'm sure that the, the Treehouse, which went on for like three hours, probably had some stuff like that for the other game. So I, I just really appreciate that Nintendo does that. You're totally spot on. It kind of reminds me of how we used to get the fake people on stage with the controller pretending to play. Um, but they're <laughs> yeah. actually playing, and it's not on stage. It's not in sort of a performative way. They're just like, let's play through the game and show you what's going on. Yep. Yeah, so uh, uh, good on Nintendo for that, uh, and I hope there was some stuff there that that y'all liked as well. Uh, if you had a game of, or a, well, a game of the show for one, and if you had a, well, actually, Jackson, let's do this first. Did you have a game of E3, just hands down, that you were most excited about? Gosh, um, I think you on the spot there. Generally speaking, this was a very lopsided E3. Um, I uh, and what I mean by that is like we were missing Sony. Like that is a killer. I'm pretty sure yeah. I would have picked a Sony game, but um, mine's just going to be Starfield. I'm going to plant my flag. I'm very hyped for that game. Yeah, that game is going to be something to look forward to uh, for sure. Uh, if it meets expectations, it's going to be amazing. Uh, so can't wait. That's a uh, what eleven eleven twenty two. Yes, and I'm glad that they put it so far out. That's that's yeah. comforting. Yeah, and I think that's a date that they might actually hit just because it has some significance for Bethesda. Skyrim released on 11-11-11, so this seems appropriate, and um, I hope they hit it. And it will be 11 years after 11-11-11, which is just <laughs> weird. Yeah, you got you to gotta hit that date, Bethesda, uh, so I'm rooting for that. Uh, for me, it actually was uh, Forza Horizon. Um, there wasn't a game in this entire... E3 that I was just like that's the game I was waiting for that's the game I wanted to see or or there wasn't one where that I was waiting for where they just knocked it out of the park but Forza Horizon is a game that uh, again those games are just so much fun I hope I can uh, get through the entire game really looking forward to exploring Mexico I uh, thought the game was gorgeous I think that's the most beautiful game of the entire show so can't wait to play that awesome man nice so that was our E3 coverage for uh uh, 2021. Uh, if you had a uh, favorite show, uh, let us know, or uh, I'd really be curious to know if you had a favorite game of the show. Uh, let us know in the comments or on Twitter. And with that, we are going to take, and actually, before we I say this, anything you want to add to the E3 discussion, Jackson? Oh, just that um, I, I think kind of proved, and I was listening to a lot of uh, discussions on this earlier today, that um, I kind of think we do need in-person E3. This just wasn't it. Um, it was just yeah. disorganized, a little dysfunctional, um, but I loved what was great, which was the Xbox Bethesda show. Yeah, I agree. I, I cannot wait to go to my next conference. Uh, I think Jeff Keighley announced the Game Awards are going to be in-person. If they're selling tickets to that to uh, the general public, I am absolutely booking a trip to LA. I'm going to go. And if E3 is in person next year, I can't wait to go. It's one of my dreams to be in a conference in person. I've never done that, but Ugh. I would love to go to a, a conference and be there in person. I went to Ubisoft once or twice, and it's awesome. Yeah. I did go to PlayStation Experience, but it was the last one they did, and it wasn't it, it wasn't really a reveal conference. It was more like a panel where they had all these Sony execs up there talking. It wasn't uh, what I'd hoped. So, yeah, I'd love to go to either an Xbox or PlayStation 
official conference uh, one day. I don't think PlayStation is going to do them anytime soon, but maybe Xbox. Yeah, I love. I, I can't wait. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are now going to take our second break, and when we get back, we are going to do a special extended version of uh, Reader Mail, so or uh, Mailbag, I guess, is what we've been calling it. So look forward to that. We'll see you in just a minute. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our reader mail. We got a bunch of questions from you all this week. So thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, we are going to try to cover all of them if we if we can. Um, uh, we definitely dug through our email and uh, we both put out calls on Twitter. If there's anybody we missed here, our sincere apologies, but we did try to get to everyone. Uh, we are going to kick things off with a uh, Twitter, a question we got on Twitter from going to try to say this correctly. It's either Atawatitachi or Atawaitatachi, uh, or I got it completely wrong. But <laughs> regardless, uh, thank you for writing in and thanks for putting up with my pronunciation. Uh, you ask, love the show, really bummed that it's ending. My question is, what made you decide you wanted to do content creation? And if you could give your past self some advice back when you were just starting out, what would it be? So Jackson, any any thoughts there? I love video games um, for as long as I can remember. And I saw other people doing content creation back in 2010, uh, watched YouTubers. So I was just simply inspired um, by them. So I decided to give it a go. And then if I could give my past self some advice when I was just starting out, it would be to uh, stick to one thing. Just do one thing and keep doing the one thing and find ways to uh, make that fun. Yeah. Um, so... For me, uh, why I decided to do content creation, I've um, so back when I was a teenager, which was a long time ago, I read Electronic Gaming Monthly, and uh, I knew then that I wanted to write about video games uh, for a living. And uh, just the way things worked out, when I graduated college, I got a degree in journalism, but it was 2004, and traditional media was clearly dying, and uh, the internet hadn't really quite taken on, so I took up another career, which I ended up really liking and doing well at. But then when I saw that the internet had given had provided a platform for people like me to make content um i uh that that was what prompted me to make the decision so kind of chasing a lifelong dream of mine uh and it's worked out if i could give myself some advice uh my past self uh definitely what jackson said <laughs> remain consistent and uh just be as true to yourself as possible you know don't i i tried to give this youtube thing a couple of shots before i actually have other, two other channels that i started that didn't pan out and a big reason for that is i was just trying to be other youtubers i was trying to do what they did and with quest mode i just did what i wanted to do and you know i was myself and that that worked out best so that would be the advice awesome uh next we have a question from uh on twitter eddie underscore cap 1976 so thanks for writing in eddie and you asked, sorry you're going out, but best to head out in glory. Question, which release were you so excited for, but it ended up being a letdown? For me, it was Kingdom Hearts 3. It looks nice, but it didn't deliver on my own hype. So my own fault, really. So Jackson, I have not given this any thought. While you answer, I'm going to come up with my answer. <laughs> if you <laughs> so, don't mind. I, no, absolutely. Um, for me, gosh, I think there's a lot of answers to this. But the one that just comes to mind right now is Bioshock 2. Mm -hmm. um, I loved Bioshock. Uh, I wasn't so savvy in the games industry at that point that I understood that Bioshock 2 was being made by another studio um, within 2K. So I, I had a lot of high hopes for it, and it just didn't really deliver personally for me. So um, I way overhyped it, and yeah, I got disappointed. Nice. 
for me in recent memory, uh, I don't know if I overhyped this game, uh, but I was really looking forward to it is Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, just the the beautiful world. I remember like a couple of weeks or a week before it released, there were these leaks of gameplay that just looked unbelievable. Like people couldn't believe how good this game looked. And then when I got my hands on it, it was, I was just one of those people where this game was too slow for me. It was too much of the quote unquote cowboy simulator. And uh, I was really disappointed because I know there's an open world here worth exploring uh, to say the least. Just the the gameplay mechanics uh, held it back. And I was really disappointed by, uh, by that. Quick follow-up. Are you going to revisit it when there's the inevitable next-gen version? Are you going to try? I might. Because, like I said, I just know there's something here worth experiencing. Um, So that's one that I very well might. Uh, I also felt the controls were just... I was one of those players who was constantly shooting people in the face on accident. And that really rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) No. But, yeah. Maybe. We'll see. It depends on if I... uh, You know, if if it's slow like it has been, then maybe. So, um... Anyhow, thanks for the uh, question, Eddie. Our next question comes from, uh, again, on Twitter, at the Elkins Davis. And you write in, I'm sorry to see you guys end. I'm Sorry, let me start this over. I'm sorry, sorry to see you guys ended, but thank you for your hard work and content every week. My question is, was there any game or announcement that you are surprised wasn't showed at e- shown at E3, whether that be Splinter Cell or a previously rumored game? So, Jackson, uh, I'll kick it over to you. This is a great question. Um, I have a couple answers. I'll just run through them quickly. Uh, Hellblade, I think it was shown today at that thing Josh mentioned earlier, but like how we didn't see that at their show is very strange to me. Um, yep. And then uh, one completely out of left field, um, I guess kind of Callisto Protocol. I wanted to see more yeah. of that. Um, and also just another Dead Space. I know it's not happening, but just I want it. <laughs> I think Callisto Protocol probably is our next closest thing to dead space that we'll be getting yeah if you're not aware that was the game that was announced not too long ago by the original i believe the original creators of dead space uh that has some random tie-in to uh PUBG. (laughs) yeah yeah we'll have to see on that yeah uh for me it was probably forespoken now i'm not hugely surprised because i i guess this will probably get shown at sony's next conference but that's a game that i'm really looking forward to seeing more about uh, it's open world. It's got some really cool traversal. It looks gorgeous. It's got dragons. Um, totally, totally into that game. Bummed we didn't get to see it at the Square Enix conference. Yeah, I really wanted to see it. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for writing in. Uh, the Elkins Davis or at the Elkins Davis. Much appreciated. Next, we got a question from at K's underscore Kayabetsu or Kayabitsu. Again, my apologies if I am butchering the pronunciation there. Um, but thanks for the question. You write in. So sad to see the show end. Been enjoying it on a weekly basis for the last couple of months. So thank you very much to everyone who is uh, offering your, uh, um, your it sounds weird to say, your condolences. I don't know what the right <laughs> word is here, but we, we very much appreciate it. Um, my question would simply be, when did you guys first start your respective journeys as gamers? What were some of your first games and what are some of your earliest gaming memories? So I can kick this one off. My first gaming memory, I feel kind of fortunate. Uh, the first video game I ever saw and ever played was the original Super Mario Brothers, uh, and it was not long after it initially released. So you can figure out how long I've been playing games. It's a long time. Uh, and I was just captivated, went home to uh, my mom, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you got to get us this thing, me and my brother anyway. Um, you get to play games on your TV. And um, she had no idea what it was. And a couple weeks later, she came home with an, a Nintendo Entertainment System. And as a, as a very young kid, I played a ton of games. 
kind of went through some uh, breaks where I didn't play as many games. I got the Super NES. I had a, a, an original PlayStation. Uh, the, the only real break I've taken was when I went to grad school. But I've been playing games ever since. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of my little miniature version of my story. Awesome. Yeah, mine is, uh, I distinctly remember for Christmas getting a Nintendo 64, uh, the Pokemon Stadium edition. Um, it nice. came with it. Yeah, so I started on Nintendo 64, and yeah, some of my favorite early games were, um, I don't think S, maybe SSX was on it, but yeah, I played like uh, Super Mario 64 was like very groundbreaking for me as a kid, but then like a little bit after that, the original Ratchet and Clank games um, were very formative. Um SSX Tricky was just like a deep cut, it felt like, but I just loved that game. Um, God, there's so many answers to this question. Like GTA <laughs> San Andreas on PS2, when that came out, uh, I somehow was able to play that as a 10, 11-year-old. Loved it. Um, nice. Yeah, so, so many uh, great early gaming memories for me. Yeah, I will say as a teenager, two games that really kicked my interest in gaming up a notch were Super Mario 64, no doubt, and Metal Gear Solid uh, really showed me uh, kind of what the potential for games as a storytelling medium could become. And uh, I'm happy to say that they have not disappointed. (laughs) They really haven't. It's a great time to be a gamer. Sure is. Uh, So thank you for the question, uh, K's underscore Kia Betsu. That's what I'm going with. Uh, next, we have a question from Brock. Good old Brock. Thank you so much for your continued support. You write in, I think, every week. I'm not sure you've missed a week. Uh, probably have, but it doesn't. we don't notice it. You're always there. Uh, this week, you write in, uh, During the Xbox Showcase at E3, I couldn't help but notice one little very important detail following almost every game that showed coming to Game Pass. With not only all Microsoft first-party studios releasing their games day one on Game Pass as well as expanding to more and more third-party games, how long can Sony expect to continue to ignore Game Pass? I feel like starting in 2022, when more big Xbox first-party games are available on Game Pass day one, Sony fans are going to be putting serious pressure on them. Thanks, guys. So, Brock, my first thought when I read this is I don't think Sony is ignoring Game Pass. I think they're trying to compete with it using PlayStation Now. I think what is going to potentially happen is PlayStation will come to grips with the fact, or at least I hope they come to grips with the fact that um, there there is not enough parity here between the two services for the two to compete. Or PlayStation hasn't done enough creative thinking on their own to make PlayStation Now or some alternative compelling enough. I, I think they're maybe uh, drinking their own Kool-Aid a little too much on this, on what PlayStation Now currently is. So I hope it evolves. Or I hope they come out with something different. Right. I think you hit it on the nail or hit the nail on the head here. Um, They are drinking their own Kool-Aid, thinking that they can just rely on the success of the PS4. Obviously, it was a smash success, but this is the next step. This is the Netflix only sending out DVDs, but then turning to streaming. I I really do believe that. That's the evolution we're seeing. So I think they need to get on board and they need to start being like, this game horizon forbidden west is coming out november whatever and it'll also be on playstation now day one i think they have to like just start doing that yeah or or with some of their games i'm not sure how it is or maybe they cook something up that none of us have thought of and it blows our minds you know that actually might be the best case scenario but we'll see what they do because game pass is crushing it and uh hopefully it's sustainable game pass and if it is yeah then sony i think it's gonna have to respond right So thanks again, Brock, for the question. And 
uh, you get a special shout out. You you really are <laughs> one of our number one fans, if not our number one fan. Uh, so thanks for uh, your continued support. We very much appreciate it. Thank you, Brock. Yep. Uh, and next, we get a question from Andy at Andy Reloads on Twitter. So Andy, thank you for writing in. You write in and ask if you had to pick one game you're looking forward to most this slash next year. What is it? And why? And man, there's so much to choose from. I'm not sure I have an answer for this right off the bat. How about you, Jackson? So I would say Starfield, but we've already talked so much about it. Um, Mine is the God of War sequel. That game, uh, God of War 2018, was uh, groundbreaking for me. Uh, It just blew me away. It was my game of the year. I liked it more than Red Dead 2. Um, So it's got to be that one. I'm glad that they took more time on it. And I'll be happy to play it when it probably comes out holiday next year. Nice. Uh, for me, um, kind of in the more traditional vein, uh, I'll say uh, um, Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, that is my favorite, you know, one of my favorite open world games. And it is, I think, my favorite PlayStation exclusive of all time. So very much looking forward to the sequel to that game. But I think in terms of just sheer gameplay and what I can expect to get out of the experience, it's got to be Elden Ring. You know, I, I'm the more I just started Neo. I didn't mention that in our what we've been playing section, but I fired that up last night, played it through to the first boss, beat the first boss. That game is so much fun. And the Souls genre is just, um, the the more I play of it, the more I like. And I, I really think that Elden Ring is going to be a special game. The aesthetic of that game is amazing. Their character and world design is unlike anything. So I'll, I'll stick with Elden Ring. Awesome. Great choice. Yeah. So next we have a, a question from at the underscore notorious four. I know you uh, on Twitter. Uh, we've had some exchanges. Thanks for your support. Very much appreciate it. Um, great to see you uh, um, asking questions or asking a question on our final show. Uh, so you just simply ask favorite game from E3. And I, uh, we kind of already uh, mentioned this, but for me, yeah, it was Forza Horizon 5. Can't wait to play that game. How about you, Jackson? It's it's Starfield. Um, yeah. I just want to see what Bethesda comes up with next. If it truly is Skyrim in space. Um even if it is just very faithfully that, I think it'll be an ex- excellent game. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I'm also very much looking forward to that. Still, still waiting to see how they handle the the space between worlds. Maybe, maybe like Ratchet and Clank, you just fly from planet to planet without any in- interstitial experience. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm very curious to see how they handle that. Me too. Uh, so next we have a question from at Jadis Von, Von Metal on Twitter. Uh, thank you for writing in, Jadis. Uh, you asked, I'm sure you're getting a lot of this question, but what the hell are you guys going to do after the dust settles? Cheers, fellas. Uh, how about you, Jackson? So um, assuming he means just our show. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for me, uh, I think I'm just going to go back to what uh, has been working for me on the channel in the last year. Um I'm very much an analytical guy. I know, I think Josh is too, uh, but just looking at kind of what worked in the past year um, and really focusing more on that. And Josh and I kind of talked about, you know, sort of the time that it takes to produce this show. And we've, you know, everything is a give and take, right? So um, having that extra time in order to pour into passion projects uh, is something that, you know, it's, it's bittersweet, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, I am right there with you. You know, the my channel is not doing uh, as well as it did in 2020. 2020 excuse me. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, COVID, you know, getting people more interested in video games or, excuse me, what was going on in 2020, but I just had a heck of a year. 
and things slowed down big time in 2021. I still love creating content. Uh, I, I don't, even if I was doing something else with my time, I couldn't help but still make some content on the side. So you can definitely expect to see more content from me. But yeah, it, the reason it's been quiet on my channel is I'm kind of trying to figure out what I can do to get back to where I was last year. Because uh, if you are familiar with how YouTube works, it's all about the views uh, to, to build a channel. It's not even necessarily about the number of subscribers, though I'm very grateful to every subscriber I get. Uh, I just got to get those views up. So got to th- got to look at the analytics, got to uh, come up with some ideas for new types of content. So this is exciting for you guys. You get to see what I might do next. It might be different. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of got to gotta take a step back, uh, reevaluate my channel and what I want to do with it. It's not going anywhere, uh, so don't worry about that. But uh, it, things could potentially change. I, I don't really know. So uh I don't know if that was more than you were looking for, uh, Jadis, on the the answer there, but that's kind of what's going on in my brain. Yep, lots to think about. Yeah. So uh, next, and this is our last question we got uh, this week, is from Victor. Uh, And Victor, I think you just wrote in this morning. So very much, uh, uh, or thank you very much for the question. And you asked, maybe it's too early to declare a winner. Actually, you had a bunch of questions, by the way, and we thank you for all of them. But uh, we chose one out of your batch. And it is, uh, maybe it's too early to declare a winner. But who do you think is winning the new console war? Is it Xbox or PlayStation? Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one, Jackson. So uh, I think you can interpret this or take it in uh, different directions. So the direction that I'm choosing to take it in is uh, right now on June 17th, as we're recording, 2021. Um, I think it's PlayStation still. Um, I think they just have that brand loyalty being taken um, into the next generation. I think PlayStation 5, as it stands right now, is still, even with all the momentum of Game Pass, is still a more attractive console. Um, I just think you can pick up exclusives, play it right now, and boom. Um, it speaks for itself. It flies off the shelves. So do Xboxes. But I think PlayStation, right right now, is is winning so far. Yeah. Um, I think if you, if you take out uh or if you if you if you ignore the previous generation i think that in terms of the decisions that have been made i think xbox is making the better decisions um so in one sense i think that xbox is winning that battle they just are making better decisions but in terms of um who's winning in terms of like who has the biggest audience and player base uh, yeah i'd have to go with playstation at this point because of the backwards compatibility um you know playstation 5 is not as backwards as compatible as Xbox, but it's more or less. You know, I've never popped a PlayStation 4 game into my PlayStation 5 and had a problem. So um, they've got the bigger player base. They're probably raking in a bit more cash. Xbox is spending, I would guess, more with Game Pass. But um, I think Xbox is on the trajectory to catch up. Um, so, yeah, if you look at just the numbers, I would go with PlayStation. If you look at the uh, the PR, the decisions they're making, I'll go with Xbox. Yeah, I think it's easy to project Xbox winning this one. It's they've, they've got kind of a, a lead in terms of like concepts and kind of their vision. Yeah, and just like what they're doing on like with marketing, interacting with their audience. I don't know if you caught the the the, the fridge situation that happened yeah. at E3. I mean, that stuff is awesome. If you did, if you if you're watching or listening and you didn't hear about it, you know they re- they actually made the Xbox fridge, and you can uh, you know apparently it's coming later this year, and anybody. I'm, I'm guessing anybody will be able to buy one. Just stuff like that that PlayStation doesn't... Like, PlayStation is not the fun brand that Xbox is. I wish they were. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually... 
I was just talking about content I'm working on. I'm working on a video. Uh, I think my next video might be like the top Xbox exclusives coming out. Way more Xbox exclusives coming out, at least on the radar, than PlayStation. So once again, they're on the right track. You're so spot on about the brand. Um, PlayStation almost comes off pretentious, and I love yeah. PlayStation games, but just like looking at the way they communicate is kind of annoying. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I could talk about that forever, but uh, that is my you know my overall thoughts, and uh, sounds like we are on the same page. So that is going to do it for our final episode of Preloaded. Uh, definitely. Um, a bit of a sad note right now. Uh, yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of hard to believe that we are coming to a close, Jackson. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just want to reiterate our our appreciation to everyone who's listened, uh, particularly those of you who have tuned in every week, whether it is on Jackson's YouTube channel or over on one of our audio platforms. Just huge uh, thank you to every one of you out there. Yes, everything Josh said, and also thanks to Studio 71 for giving us uh, the opportunity to kind of, you know, get, get a show up and running. Um, Josh has said, and I've said, I've always ra- wanted to run a podcast, and just the fact that we got to do it for 43 weeks is, uh, it, it still is just incredible, um, and I don't regret a single second of it. It was it was, it was an amazing experience. Absolutely. And uh, to many of our listeners who are, uh, you know, weekly listeners, you know where to find us on Twitter. Um, But to anyone who's tuning in who maybe isn't following either of us and you'd like to follow us after the show uh, comes to a close, uh, you can find me at Quest Mode Games on Twitter. Jackson, where can people find you? I'm at JV on YT. So we will very much look forward to you interacting with us both there. And I should also mention uh, you know, Jackson's YouTube channel is J-A-Y-V-E-E. Uh, and uh, actually, Jackson, if you want to give your channel a pitch to anyone who's listening who may not be following you, uh, maybe you caught this last episode uh, as a a one-off, but uh, what where, what can people expect on your YouTube channel? So, uh, Josh, man, I change my mind constantly. That's part of the problem <laughs> with me. But um, today, what you can expect is uh, I run a couple mainline series. Um, I go back to older games and review them in 2021, kind of see how they sit and how they feel in the modern age. Um, I cover a lot of Assassin's Creed with those kinds of videos, but I've also been doing like uh, big preview videos, which is really kind of how Josh and I came together. So 101 things you need to know about XYZ game that's coming out in the near future um so those are really the two main things i'm i'm running on my channel right now and you can expect uh one video per week from me nice and i am quest mode on youtube that's just youtube.com slash quest mode just like it sounds and uh yeah on my channel i do mostly preview content so if you're looking for previews of of big upcoming games really in-depth uh highly researched and very uh edited highly edited previews uh that is what you can expect i'm you know i i I, as i said i'm kind of in in limbo right now but that's not going to change but i am considering also doing some more tips related content i've had a few uh tips videos for games uh perform really well so that might be something i do a bit more of on my channel but um yeah check it out uh if it's something you're interested in if it's something you like uh uh i would appreciate the sub i'm sure jackson would as well and with that We are going to sign off. Again, thank you to everyone. And uh, yeah, not sure what the last words of Preloaded will be other than uh, thank you very much. And we will be signing off. Thanks again. Bye, guys.